Omar, you gonna say hi or what? I'm just waiting. You don't need to say hi. Um, I actually have a question for you guys. I mean, since we're gonna gonna kind of podcast at the same time. All right, hold on. Time. Introducing at the line live. We are recording this currently on Twitch. If you ever want to w- watch us do these, which hopefully we should do more of these, you can go check it out at twitch.tv that slash the Ty Yeager. Yeah, I know I'm too lazy to go create at an at the line account, but people already follow it. But this is at the line live. I'm Ty Yeager. That's Mac Pena. That's Noah Magaro George. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Where so, did go, Ty? I, I'm doing I'm doing this off two hours of sleep. I'm doing great. I love it. I'm bringing the energy. I'm probably gonna fucking burn out later in this, but who cares? Maybe you should be two. Maybe you should be on two hours of sleep like all the time, so you can at least pronounce names right. Let's not do that. No, I feel <laughs> miserable right now. I feel like trash. If I go lay on that bed that's next to me, I will fall asleep. Let's well, n- uh, don't stay in your chair. I'm going to be staying in my chair. <laughs> all right. What's this question you got for us? I was just saying, because of the the current trade talks that are happening, you know, for for Vucevic, who would be a player that is one, untouchable, and two, or I guess yeah, who are the players that are untouchable, and what type of and what trade scenario would you want to go or like what would you offer for Vucevic? All right, so first let's start off and let's kind of remind everyone what's kind of going on. If if you're not on Spurs Twitter, you probably don't know what's going on. Um, according to Kevin O'Connor of The Athletic, uh, Nikolai Vucevic of the Orlando Magic has been gardening a lot of trade attention from a lot of teams, including the Spurs, which is actually a rarity for once. So uh, we're so everyone on Spurs Twitter has activated the NBA trade machine, as always. Isn't this fun? Isn't I this fun? I love the trade machine, dude. I love the trade machine. <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. Uh, so, Noah, do you want to answer this first? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll get my answer out of the way really quickly because, um, I, I, I mean, I know what I'm going to say. So um, for me, untouchables got to be Keldon and Devin Vassell, DeJounte Murray, uh, Derek White. Aside from that, I'm fine with and, – and I, I love Lonnie, but I'd be fine with parting with Lonnie. Um, I'd probably be okay with parting with Luca because I, I know people are my head. super high on him, super, super high on him. But again, super small sample size. Shake my head. Um, he's still kind of an unknown commodity for the most part. Uh, but I would prefer to not uh, par- part ways with any of those guys because I'm not really a big Vucevic guy. I don't think he moves the needle enough to make you better than like any of the super teams that are here right now. And, and, and I know this sounds cliche, but he's only getting older. So like, I don't think that he's one of those guys, especially someone – um, who would make a lot of sense with the Spurs fast-paced system considering he's plays for the Magic who are like one of the slowest teams in the NBA. So with me, it's kind of very similar to what Noah said minus Lucas Dominic is a untouchable for me. It, there's no way around it because I just – I think you're, the potential for Luka is just way too high that you cannot just ditch that in any sort of way. Um, as a result – Lonnie has to be the one of the only young guys that's untouchable, and maybe maybe Trey like, Jones like, is untouchable. Like un untouchable. I mean, you mean? And, like, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Is he is touchable? Like, sorry, touchable. Like, See, you can touch that person, <laughs> but not with consent. Not without consent, though. <laughs> exactly. You gotta have consent. Um, but um, <laughs> no, no. But I think Lonnie Lonnie's been available in my head, and I'll discuss why later. I think Trey Jones is untouchable in my opinion. I think it's just too early to really decide, 
make him available in a trade. But also, I think it's too early for most teams to think, oh, let's go ahead and get Trey Jones. And I think I have to add Jakob to that. I think Jakob is just too good. And I'm saying this in general for any trade. I think for any trade that we have, I think every young guy wait, 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 wait. so so like if for example like obviously this isn't happening but uh if if like Giannis somehow there was like a trade the Spurs could do and Giannis was on the table those guys are untouchable cuz to me oh. untouchable means like an under no circumstance I'm talking about realistic case, trades buddy I'm not talking <laughs> Okay well well then like if we're talking about like uh, well, then, like, if Bam Adebayo came on the table, like, he's not a superstar, but he's definitely better than what we have. Is Are you not trading Jakob for him? <laughs> you trade Jakob. Yeah, you, you would trade Jakob for him. That's, this... all, that's all I'm saying. Why are you making this harder for me? Just... Wait, wait, wait. Well, I guess I guess it depends. Okay, wait. So, first, let me... All right, so, um, Neutralizer98 said, Vucevic might just end up being another Aldridge-type player. 2010, not much defense and getting older. Kind of what you were saying, Ty. And, I mean... You it's... mean Noah? No, 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 no. You, you were saying. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I was saying this in a private chat. Sorry, you gotta remind me that I'm, I'm forgetting. Yeah, about sorry, but no, yeah, exactly. And Noah like said it on, you know, on, on earlier. He said that he is getting older for, you know, for his age. It's it's getting a little bit up there. So yeah, neutralizer. You're you're, you're not alone there. Um, like it's and with it's, if you look at the contract, he only has two more additional years after this season, and he's only thirty. So that puts him at thirty two, thirty three. By the time his contract's over, and I think that's a really that's a pretty good age for a contract to be ending because that's near the end of a what the athletic prime is for the human body usually is, which is like it's mid twenties to very early thirties. I think thirty two is like around the age where you start lo- you start really regressing. And I think that's a I think that's a good age for for that contract to end, and so that's why I'm not I'm not really opposed to having Vucevic because that contract's not long. It also decreases in money value as well. It goes for. I believe it's twenty six million to twenty four million to twenty two million. So I think it works out in the long run. Yeah, but what is he going to want after that? You know, is he going to continue wanting, um, you know, like not necessarily max money, but upward twenty million money? And is he going to be worth it at that point? And I, I think at that point you just let him go, or you, tr- or now, you I really trade him that I last think season. Like Spurs fans are, are like uh, not necessarily just Spurs fans, but like Spurs Nation is is like too so thirsty for a trade that like anyone who's on the on the table they like they want him and i think it doesn't really make sense like in a in a league that is mostly driven by guards unless you're like uh, uh like a nikola jokic or maybe a carl anthony towns he's not in that category right he's not an anthony davis he's not going to move the needle enough for you to like be a true title contender so why part with a guy like lonnie or or, or anyone of that caliber if if you're just getting someone who you're saying, well, let's let him walk in two years, because if see, he's not helping you win a title, then you might as well hang on to Lonnie and see what else he could get you, or see what his his ceiling is. Because I think everyone's ready to kind of like sour on him because he's not the flavor of the month anymore. But I, I don't think that's really fair for him. Lucas Amanich, but no, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> first of all, the <laughs> the game started, um, or the yeah, the third quarter started. And if you're watching the live stream, the score is at the bottom of your screen. <laughs> no that's amazing it's no longer a random t-shirt <laughs> copyright you can kind of see see people run you can see the floor because the, apparently the lower third is transparent you can see a ref running i know it's cool isn't it <laughs> um but it, so okay going back to the whole vucevic thing i think honestly and i think no you brought up a great point like as far as he's not moving the needle and i think th- 
this is where you have to have perspective. Like if you really think that you're going to go for it all of this year, then sure, try to sell your chip or cash in your chips, try to, you know, get a big yield out of it and, and see what you can go for. But at the same time, like, I I don't think I would want to let go of a Pirtle and not necessarily Lonnie. I mean, Lonnie, I, I think I'd be more okay with, 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 uh, with trading just because of how many guards we have or the Spurs have. But, um, I think specifically for like a, somebody like Pirtle, who's on a great contract and whose defense is, is very key to what the Spurs are trying to do. You know, yes, Vucevic is going to get you that offensive, the offensive boards or, or just the offensive firepower that you need because he's shooting like an insane 43% from three pointer. So he can, he can spread the floor, but at the same time, his defense is going to be lacking. And so it's like, if, it depends on what you want to do. If you're still going to be out of contention for the next year or two, and you're just going to be a, a really good team and, you know, make the playoffs, then I think, you know, you kind of hold on to what you have right now and then see what you're, see where you're going with. I will but say, yeah. So I, I would say that Vucevic is a much better LaMarcus Aldridge. And I'm, I don't say that in a negative way. I say that in a positive way. As yeah, in, but at the same time, like Lamarcus Aldridge hasn't done anything this year, so like that's not going to help. Well, I don't know. I'm saying like I'm saying even last year's Lamarcus Aldridge, but he can. Can I be honest with you though? I feel like if we're talking about Lamarcus Aldridge in the grand scheme of things, he's one of those guys who's perennial All Star right throughout his career. But what has he done? Like exactly. when he's the best player on anyone's team, is that a title team? Oh is no, I'm not. Really I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm just saying play style. I'm not saying that game changer. Anything. I'm just no, saying but, play but, style. No, no, no. That's what I'm in saying. General, like if you're not getting right. a game changer, then what's the point of giving up? anything to get that person if you're not sure that you're going to contend this year with them right right. if if that makes sense right i mean i think i think in order to get better you do have to give away some pieces but again i don't think vucevic is the type of is the player that you want to go for for me honestly like i if if i was a spurs gm which i'm sure people are like i'm glad you're not but if i was a spurs (laughs) if i was a spurs gm i wouldn't be be targeting a center i'd be targeting like a, a a combo um either like a combo forward you know somebody that can play the three four and possibly small ball five you know i know they have luca in in, in the mix but he still he still needs some some little work so you know i'd be targeting somebody like christian wood Demo- um sabonis uh turner. you know i mean turner yeah but turner plays more more of that center position whereas sabonis yeah. can play that four or five like you know, I would be targeting somebody like that, like somebody that's that's going to be able to to flex in there and play alongside Pirtle, and at the same time, if they need to run them off, and then if they need to run them at the small ball five, you know, and possibly throw throw in Luca there, so that way you still have that size in the front court, but at the same time, you know, you have somebody that can still stretch that floor. So Sabonis would be my, I mean, would be somebody that I would I would target. So here's 100%. the here's the issue I think that you run into. So say that I think everyone can agree that the starting lineup of DeJounte, Derek, DeMar, Keldon, and Jakob is probably one of our best starting lineups, right? Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Just, just real quick, on the same note on the Vucevic thing, um, from Neutralizer, he says, one positive from trading Lonnie for Vucevic is that it creates room for more guards on the Spurs to play. Spurs already have a lot of twos and threes, so trading Lonnie means more playing time for Vassal, Keldon, White, and of course you get to keep the bar, or DDR. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what we, we we've said. You know, it, it frees up the um, that guard rotation a little bit better. Let me actually, yeah, let me actually transition to why I think Lonnie Walker. I'm okay with trading Lonnie Walker. 
I think so one he's been inconsistent this season I think that's due to part that he just really hasn't had a consistent role and he's his minutes been all over the place he's kind of gone the starting unit but he's also been behind DeMar DeRozan behind DeJounte and all these are ball dominant guys but then he goes to the bench and he he can kind of do some well some good stuff but he just kind of looks lost out there he's I just think he doesn't fit with the team playing style style wise and I think that could be an issue and I think I think that's why that I'm okay with letting him go or, or trying to get some assets for, out of him because I just don't think he fits with the team game style wise I know it's too early to tell, but it's that's what kind of thing I'm at least taking. I'm kind of see. I'm kind of perceiving at this moment. I don't know. I think it's kind of hard. I mean, I I understand where you're coming from, and I think, um, yeah, he's been super inconsistent. His efficiency has been really low. His defensive numbers look really bad. Um, but if you look at look look at him, he's one of our best defenders in terms of like the versatility he brings. He can guard a lot of different guys. He draws a ton of really tough uh, assignments. I think on Twitter the other day I tweeted. Um, he guards all stars like twenty five percent of his defensive yeah. minutes as a man to man defender. He also, um, you know, has guarded uh, like the twenty eighth hardest man to man assignments of any player of the five hundred people who've played in the NBA this year. Um, so I think defensively he fits in perfectly. I think he's just got to learn his role on offense. He's twenty one years old, um, and, and like you said, you know, he's been the fourth fifth option. Uh, and that's really tough for a guy who needs the ball to stay engaged. So I think it's like a little early to say, um, let, let's get rid of Lonnie. It's time to get rid of Lonnie. Not that you're saying that, um, but then also be like, yeah, we got to keep Luca uh, in a guy who's played like four games in the NBA. I but think we so, can't really say both of those things at the same time. But you, but you see, like the reasoning at least, I'm like, I'm kind of okay. I'm not like completely. I'm kind of more on the fence, I would say, but I'm more open to train Lonnie if that makes sense. That's just kind of my reasoning yeah, at yeah, least. Yeah. No, for sure, I get that. Yeah, I get that. I'm totally. Um, I'm on I'm on board with you there because I do think if if there was anyone who had to go, not that I want anyone to go, and I think that's what you're saying as well. Um, it would probably be Lonnie um, at this point. Right. Exactly. He's kind of he's kind of the I, w- I wouldn't say odd man out, but he's yeah he's he's the he's the guy that's that's the probably the easiest to let go and offer in a trade. And honestly, it's. Like if you just, I just don't see him working out at the, at this moment, and things can change easily. I'm just saying, what have we seen so far? Things can always change. We've always, we've clearly seen that of how Luca's prominence has come up in the past five, four or five games, and how he's played. Things just change on a dime in, in the league, especially this season. But it's just, I feel like that he could have more success in a different system at the moment. Just if he's able to have a prime, more primary option, he's able to get the ball more. I think they're. I just at this moment see him is not as a pure fit. And as well, can, I think like a lot of guys aren't like a pure fit on this roster. It's kind of like a hodgepodge of guys who, um, they're just like kind of forcing to to work together. I think defensively this team makes a lot of sense, um, which is why they're like one of the best defensives in the league. But I think offensively it's kind of awkward, which is why we see them kind of in the middle of the pack towards like the the second third of the league in terms of uh, offensive efficiency. I mean, we still got to keep in keep in mind that this this team is still, what I mean, like Noah said, it's kind of hodgepodgey. But at the same time, a lot of them still haven't played together in a full season. You know, yeah. The rotation, the ro- people are still learning the rotations. Um, you know, Pop is still tweaking with things here and there. Um, and 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 you're starting to your game plan from last year to this year is completely different. Like the way you run your offense has completely changed because last season your offense was primarily going through la 
and going through DeMar. This season, it's, I mean, we've seen that DeJounte is the primary initiator or primary initiator, and then DeMar will initiate it too sometimes. But DeMar has been a little bit more definite on that and, and, and letting DeJounte run the team. And obviously with, with LA's, um, Cam Reynolds just drained a nice three, by the way. So good for him. Um, <laughs> but we, we've seen DeJounte like be the primary initiator. And since LA hasn't been here because of injury, um, you know, they've had to, to spread the ball around and, and the team has looked really, really good. And so it's, they're all learning the roles again, or, or at least learning their roles within the system again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of credence to that statement. Like they, they haven't had a lot of time to play together. Um, and I think also like the, the circumstances surrounding the season are super strange, right? They've had this like weird COVID hiatus. And then um, even when they came back, they don't have the full roster because there's guys going through COVID protocol and then uh, super compressed schedule. And the second half is going to be even more compressed. So I, th- I just think like there's a lot of factors that when we look at it, we're not really getting an accurate representation of, of what this team is maybe capable of when they get on the same page because they really haven't had an opportunity to, even when you look at with like Derek missing a ton of games, LaMarcus missing games here and there, um, you know, DeMar missing games occasionally. So it's just been like kind of a um, a weird season in general. And so, and luckily you have, I just just counted, the Spurs have nine games between the start, the start of the second half of the season and the trade deadline to really figure out what works, what doesn't work, what who they might want to trade off and who they want to keep. So I think the Spurs have have some have a good amount of time to really figure it out and figure out who if they want to keep anyone if they want to make moves at the trade deadline or if they just want to stay pat. So um Stormy 628 asks, what's our record with our ideal starters? Derek White, I have DJ, no clue. KJ, DeMar and, ja- and Jakob. And then they say anxious to see that um IR tomorrow feel like we might need this game versus Mavs on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we can definitely look into what the, what the record is with, with all of them. I, I mean, it's kind of a small sample. I think it was severely, like, especially small, with this year, because this year Derek hasn't played a lot because of his injuries. So it's like, it's kind of hard to, to put that together. I can't, I don't even think last year they ran a, a full lineup like that. In theory, it would look really good. In theory, you might... I mean, for me, I think in theory, you'd want somebody that's a little bit of a better three-point shooter. I mean, I know Derek is a great three-point shooter, but I think for, like, um, you know, if you had bubble Derek and you had bubble Keldon, I mean, that would be an insanely good lineup because that's your small ball. We were were talking about DeRozan, Keldon, Murray, Pirtle, and White, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. They're they're four zero this season when the when those guys start together. Okay, there you go, Stormy. I just I looked it up real quick. So yeah, they're they're four zero. I think that is a pretty good lineup, uh, for 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 the Spurs. But I don't know. What do y'all think? I think it's like it is a small sample size. But and obviously they wouldn't go like eighty two and zero. But I do think, um, that would be that would be like a really nice uh, starting unit. But I also am not sure. Um, you know, I, you, I think you mentioned it, like the spacing. I don't know how the spacing would look with that lineup. So, so yeah, I mean, there, I think I, I potentially could see two issues. One, the spacing, and then two, it's going to be like if you have a bigger fourth, like a fourth position that you have to go against. So, for example, if somebody had to go against like like Anthony Davis, you know, like the Lakers would probably eat that lineup uh, big time because, you know, whether it's KJ – whether it's Keldon at the four, or whether it's DeMar at the four, if you have that Anthony Davis in that lineup, 
um, you know, like a bigger power forward, it, it's going to be hard for, for Keldon or DeMar to, to guard that. I think the in terms of the spacing, I think Jericho White's going to be your main shooter on, in that lineup. And you still have guys oh, that, can, sure. that can still shoot it if needed. DeJounte has shown that he can shoot it whenever he's needed. Keldon Johnson's kind of developing his three-point shot as well. DeMar, he's not going to be your reliable three-point shooter, but he's definitely going to be your scorer no matter what. <laughs> but I think that unit as a whole, they really work well together. The defense is crazy good, even with DeMar out there. That's a crazy good defensive lineup. So well, it's, the good thing about that, you can hide you can hide Demar because you have very switchable players like in Derek and DJ and Keldon. So you can hide Demar on on the the weakest defensive um, defensive priority. Exactly, and yeah, and Demar is and Demar isn't even that bad. He's just not. He's just not. He's kind of average, if I remember correctly. Looking at the numbers, he's been he's been bad. His numbers look better, but I, I would say you know how I, I told y'all that Lonnie had like the twenty eighth hardest. Of all the NBA players, DeMar DeRozan's in like the mid 400s. So he's had like one of the easiest. They put him on the worst offensive player on the wing every single night, and they Which almost never worked. ask him to switch off screen. Hey, like they tell him, like, stay home. It, so it worked. Hey, it's worked. <laughs> uh, he's still bad, but he's, yeah. he's being hit really well. And I think that's a testament to Greg Popovich and that coaching staff. And also, DeMar, like, he's put a little bit more effort in, so he doesn't look bad even against like average players and he's so. and demars have been able to force some turnovers with a handful of steals too it's like you you seem to at least get at least one steal a game at this at this rate so he, he's putting in some work he's not going to be the best i that's that's i think that's a known thing but luckily you don't have to be the best when you got Derek white Dejounte murray and kelvin jo- kelvin johnson along with yaka pertle out there <laughs> like uh, like just the defensive iq with that lineup is insane uh, i mean you have all three of those all three, actually, all four of those those players, you know, minus Demar, are are just insanely versatile at defense. Like we've even seen it with Jakob. That man is probably, and this is probably a hot take, but he's probably the best like defensive perimeter guard or center. I've I've I mean I don't know what other center can can say that they can guard point guard like in guard. the NBA or, or just on the Spurs. Well, on the NBA, he's one of the best defensive centers and on the perimeter, like I said, on the perimeter, like, because if you think about it, I mean, most of these centers are, are big, clunky. They're not very, they're not very nimble. They can't get back, but we've seen Jakob time and time again, get switched onto the perimeter and then somehow, some way comes back into the paint and still like forces a shot, a bad shot and, and, and guards the paint somehow. Yeah, I, I think, um, I don't know if I'm 100% on board. I do think it's a little bit of a hot take, but I also think like a product of him playing drop coverage in pretty much like every kind of uh, situation where he's faced with the screen has helped him so that he like contains drives. But I think that's what he's, he's been so excellent at is like when he is forced to switch, he contains drives really well. Because um, I do think guys like a Lillard, obviously anyone could get like danced on by Lillard or Curry or any of those like top two right. guys. But, those are elite, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been good. He's been good in that aspect. Um, I don't think he's been like forced... To, he hasn't tried to do too much. I don't think he's like, um, you know, done too much. I think he's done exactly what they asked of him. I would actually, in a, in opposition to that, not necessarily opposition to that, but I would say I think he, I could put an argument together that he's been the best rim protector in the league this season. Ooh, um, oh, and, and, I, and I would be fine with saying that. Like I would, I would actually, I would, uh, I would, I would go to bat for for Jakob on that point because I really do feel that that's the case. Oh, 100%. And that's what I'm saying. Like, defense, the defensive IQ on that lineup, if we were to, like, stick that lineup of White, DeJounte, 
Keldon, Demar, and and Jakob, like that defensive lineup is insane. Defensively, offensively, oh, yeah. you might have some issues, but even then, I think you know Demar can <clears throat> can kind of work his way in there and, and get some assists with you know you'll you'll have Dejounte and White at you know at the key at the top of the key with Keldon crashing in, cutting in while you know Demar does whatever he needs to do. So. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And then if you even factor in that, like Lonnie, Devin, are, are on the bench, uh, that's that's pretty dangerous. Like you're not going to get a break throughout the night. And I think that's what's made this team kind of like uh, special defensively. Even if they're like not the top defensive team, I think they they've been really good at, as far as defense goes. So let's let's go ahead and move on and let's talk about the the outbreak player of the player of the month. I would say or the last the last month so far for the Spurs. First, let's talk about Lucas Almanich. Oh, we know what's going on. Ah, oh, damn! I knew you were gonna say this shit. What? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about the out outbreak. Well, he's at a pro- he's been a, he's at an outbreak. Go, looking at his G League as G League play, and then the four the four five games that he's played for the NBA team, I say he's there played pretty damn well. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a breakout though. I think he's just getting let's, an opportunity, and he's and he's actually discussion. doing well. But yeah, we can talk about it. <laughs> He's taking he's taking advantage of his of his minutes and he's like he's like really he's like pretty good like he's overachieving expectations that's all like, I think we can all agree with that like T Lopez eighty six says Luca <laughs> I and like I I hate to be a hater but I also feel like you. it's easy to like ex- exceed expectations when everyone's calling you a bust and like obviously <laughs> that is not the case I think all three of us have been on board with Luca is not a bust even if we didn't agree with the initial draft decision on. On draft night, like none of us thought he was a bust, but for all the fans that did think he was a bust, the fact that he even came out and looked like an NBA player, that's like he might as well have won MVP. He won MVP uh, in my heart. <laughs> Lucas stands. No, no I look, and I'm I'm here to tell. I mean, I'm I'm here to clear the air because no one and I were talking, you know, prior to <laughs> us going live. Uh, but and that's the thing. That's exactly the. That's what Noah said right now is exactly the way. You know, I guess I would say some of us feel is like at the time of drafting obviously Brandon Clark was the better player and the better option and you had to take it I mean you had to play a really really uh you know you were you were gambling a lot with with that Luca pick and hopefully and it's looked like it's it's kind of panned out so far can you know is it is it safe to say that Luca is better than Brandon Clark right now I don't know you know, there there's an argument for that. Some will say yes, some will say no. For me, you know, I don't I, I don't care to have that argument. I just care to have I just care that Luca is showing that he belongs in the NBA, or at least he belongs like he should be getting some minutes in the NBA. And I think that's kind of the win, you know, with with uh with them playing him more because they need to because you know of these COVID related stuff. So so what's First, let's kind of look at his numbers in the past five games, which is the last five games that he's played. The last five games has been the five I just, games. I just that... want to read, read the chat real quick. Um, Go. Sorry. Go I, I apologize. I'm going to be I'm doing this just stats. so that way. Yeah. So um, Stormy628 again says, on the lowest of keys, Trey Lyles has played pretty solid. Absolutely. Uh, he also mm-hmm. says, Lucas D is something nobody even considered. If he can guard and rebound at a high level, his offense will get going. Um, that's that's also a great point, and I'm sure that ties going to get into it right now. T. Lopez, 86, says his, his def- defense has been surprising. Yes, absolutely. And then Two Shots Podcast, shout out to Joe. Uh, what's up, fellas? I agree that Luca has shown he belongs in the NBA. Boom. 
So go so, ahead, Ty. Let's go ahead and just hit with the stats real quick. The, just a quick general recap of the stats. I'm going to just say the normal box score stats, they're not really that stellar. It's 17, 17 and nearly a half minutes a game, 46% shooting, um, 7 points per game, 35% from deep, uh, 5.6 rebounds, 0.2 assists, uh, 1.2 turnovers. So he's he's keeping it within the Spurs under 2 turnover a game, which I'm okay with. That's uh, actually surprising for somebody that's like that's just coming up from the G League. And... Especially one that was really pretty heavy, turnover heavy in the G League this season. Oh, fuck. Oh, sorry, you guys. know, I think I think that's mostly been like a, a product of the fact that they haven't asked him to do a whole lot. He's mostly like his first couple games. They act actually asked him to be like a decoy in the corner. Yeah, um, they had him roll some like, uh, you know, cuts. They had him spot up. So you're not really going to turn the ball over very much. But if you look at a few of his games where they let him have a little more freedom, he had like four turnovers in one. Yeah, game. he did. Uh, he that did was, like all charges, which I didn't think was fair. Um, but I do think like it also is kind of reflective of the role they've given him, right? They're not yeah. going to give him like a high usage role right away because that doesn't make sense. And Kasibabu would just like smash somebody underneath the court. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he did that, but <laughs> but like in the talking, let's just quickly talk about the offense because I don't. There's not really that much to really talk about in terms of just because he, he again, like you said, the usage has not been there. He just really hasn't been running the offense. He's not been running the offense like he was in Austin, but he's shown that he can still shoot the ball. Um, he needs the one thing I I do think think he's going to have to adjust with is catching those catching those those uh passes and then driving to the lane because he keeps getting called for travels. And I'm not sure I'm not sure what I'm missing. <laughs> Noah, do you have any answers for he's, that? Um, yeah, he's I, I don't know exactly what you're asking, but yeah, he's definitely traveling. Um, you know, he's he has his feet set <laughs> and then he just starts running. You, you just can't, you can't do that. You got to <laughs> dribble the ball first. Um, so I think that's just going to be like a thing that comes with time, right? Like I'm sure pop is telling him catch the ball and shoot or like wait till they're closing out on you and then dribble drive past them. And, and I think that's something that we saw a little bit in the G league, not really necessarily like to that extent. A lot of his turnovers were like more live ball, but I'm not really worried about the turnovers with Luca. I think as long as they continue to kind of like ease him into a role, Rather than thrust him into like a major role right away, he's going to be fine. Like I, that was never my concern with Luca. Mine has always been, even when I was scouting him for the draft, um, body language, body language, yeah. um, and, and that has been a 180, 180. I mean, no more slumping shoulders, no more hanging his head, no more looking sorry for himself on the bench. I mean, this guy has been engaged. This guy has been, um, you know, he's moving seem, up, seemingly oh. happy for teammates. I mean, I'm I'm really happy what I've seen from him. I think we've also figured out that he kind of has a. Re- a resting bitch face like it's not even his fault <laughs> i think that, that you're thing is that just like a year maybe like a like i don't a know European thing like i don't just look like just like, the other luca's always so happy though he's like, always got a smile jacob's jacob's happy boban's always happy i don't know i, I just say, you know what well, like okay so boban got a technical just for looking at some dude so it's like <laughs> like dude. you know like is that just like a normal european thing and dude, then he... i mean you Boban went hand in hand with John Wick, man. I would be scared as a ref myself. <laughs> Dude, that was so cool. I hate to to like sidetrack, but that was so cool. No, this is what we need. We need more sidetracking. That was awesome. I loved that. That was. I, I mean, I knew it was going to happen because he was all over like the jump and stuff on ESPN talking about it. But actually, like seeing it in a movie, that was sick. Because I mean, like it's not a lot of times you can see like a former Spur in a movie, especially of that caliber. So he reminded me of Lockjaw, like from. Um... From from James from the James Bond series, like did you guys? Yes, you guys, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, for sure. He's like yes, big and like like Frankenstein-ish, and I mean Boban looked pretty good going against going against John Wick. That was pretty nice. He looked like he knew how to fight, <laughs> right? Like he looked like he trained for that. Yeah, like it was it was great. Like I I mean it would be 
it would have been it would have been cool to, to see more of it. Like I wish his fight was longer, but or if he was like more had a more solid role. But uh, even just that little cameo was really really cool. I agree with that. That was one of my favorite parts. At the line, we talk Spurs basketball and and movie fights. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So T Lopez says if he didn't have as many travels, he would have more points and few po- and few poster dunks. Yeah, I mean. And then uh, jpar 311 says, awesome to see different Spurs Twitter people on here. Josh here from Air Alamo showing some support. Hey, what up, my boy yeah. Josh? What's going on from Air Alamo? All Another right, so all right, let's, now let's move on to the huge talking point with Luca, and it's the surprising defense that he has shown. And yeah. like this, and Noah, I think you can agree with me that watching the G League, I was not expecting this defense still. Like I didn't really, even, I saw some really good, still some really good defense in the G League, but not the defense that he was putting on the NBA level. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an awful person. And, How and dare say, you? Like, I've, I've been watching Luca for like a few years, and that was like one of my big things for him coming out of the draft. Is he moves like a guard? Um, he he has really quick feet, great mobility. He can be one of the most versatile defenders. Um, so like I wasn't that surprised. I actually made a breakdown on Luca during the summer, like after the bubble happened. And that was one of the talking points I had. So I haven't been super surprised that he's shown it. I'm surprised that he's shown it on such a consistent basis, and like so, pretty much every single cool. play. And th- so that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of what I meant. It's like, I knew he had the, he had the potential to be a very switchable player. Like you said, I just was well, not in the G league in the G league. He shows that he can switch. Yeah. I was just not expecting it to be put into the NBA level, the way that he did on such a consistent basis throughout a game and do that for, Back to back to back games against some of the, some really good offensive players. Good players, yeah. So and I know it's this is me. Ava- the advanced stats are my absolute favorite, but in the last in the last five, he's posted a net rating of twenty with an offensive rating of one fourteen and a defensive rating of ninety four in the past five games. I think that's a good sample size, at least to, in terms of advanced stats. But it, it's the advanced that and. For stats to really work, you need to do a mix of the eye test and the stats to really show, to really get a good evaluation of a player. Because the eye test alone is not going to do you wonders, but the stats alone it w- doesn't put into context. But Luca, he's been with the context of these these advanced stats, especially on the defensive end, it shows up, and he has been stellar in terms of the movement. Like Noah said, where he's keeping up with guards and big guys. He's just he's keeping up with almost one through five in terms of movement. He's switching. He's staying active. Like Noah said, as well as with the body language, he's purely active on the floor. He's all over the place, and he's just putting the clamps down on everyone. And it's like, and some like defense is not fun to watch. It's just kind of, it's kind of there. It's kind of boring. But Luca's defense is so much fun to watch. I think for me, yeah. that, like as somebody that wasn't a Luca stand from the very beginning, uh, you know. Uh, I th- I just you know I had to submit one of those Luca apologies that's going around Twitter, uh, <laughs> but I think for me that's that's been my biggest thing and that's been that's been my biggest eye opener is like hey this you know he's translating everything from the G League especially from this year because this year in the G League he just looked absolutely dominant like nobody could stop him, um, but he's translating all of that into the NBA and I think that's that's been that's been probably the best thing about about his game yeah his offense and some of the turnovers and stuff like that can be cleaned up but i think the fact that he's engaged on defense especially against who he's coming or who he's he's defending um you know we saw some great plays against harden where you you know usually harden will get the step on a guy 
And because Harden has such a high jump shot, he's able to get that shot off. But, you know, we saw Harden had to dish it out. Um, the same thing, I think it was with, uh, I think it was Brandon Ingram. And then he had to dish it out to Josh Hart. Like, it's just it's just the fact that Luka has been able to, to stick with those guys. And even if it is on an individualistic basis, like for defense, he's still been able to to force those plays and continue to do it. So uh, for me, that's been that's been my biggest thing. Like the reason why I think he should stay in the NBA and just get NBA minutes. Yeah, I mean they're not going to have any other choice. I mean the they can't send him down to the bubble anymore. So like the the deadline is passed. Um, yep. So they're going to have to keep him with the NBA roster. Plus this season looks like, and I hate to be this guy, but it looks like it's coming to an end for the Spurs here. Um, I think they're down by like 14. So maybe yeah. actually, you know, maybe not. They they may have a chance, but knowing Austin um, yeah, in their drive. comebacks, we, yeah. we don't, we can never count them out for sure until it's like, that's true. I saw they were down by 20, but I guess it's 14 now. <laughs> yeah, it's 14. Yeah. 99.85. The Austin Spurs are in the fourth quarter. So FY the blue coats. Again, if you're listening to this episode on our normal podcast feed, remember you can watch us on Twitch when we do these live occasionally, which we're, as I say occasionally, as this is our very first one, we're going to be doing this more often. Make sure to check it out, twitch.tv slash Yeager. You can find that on all our Twitters. Uh, but Noah, go ahead and continue what you were saying about Luca's defense. Noah, like, I, I really like what I've seen man-to-man. I think that's super valid. And, and, and Mac and I were talking about a little bit before we started this. Uh, he definitely leaves something to be desired as a team defender, but he's also 20 years old or 21, 20 or 21. And he's only played um, four games. Yeah, so it's like you can't really be that upset about it. Plus, actually, you know, with each passing I game, I think he's actually looked a little more improved, a little more comfortable. And if he can be one of those guys who's not just a good man-to-man defender, sort of like Lonnie is, but a bad team defender or a you know, subpar team defender, then I think he adds tremendous value even if he's having like an off night from the field. Because as long as you're an elite defender, and I know this is like an offensive-driven league now, but like the last five finals teams outside of uh, the Lakers have all been top five in defensive rating. Um, and if you can have a team like that and you can have a guy who can help you get to that level, then that's that's a ton of value. So uh, Two Shots Podcast, Joe says, look, I'm all about Luca getting minutes and I love seeing his growth. But I think we overhype him at times. His time is coming and the ceiling is high for Luca. I'm just enjoy watching the kid play when he's given minutes. Yeah, I think that's. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so Noah and I were talking about this earlier um, before we, we went live, and and I think that's that's a that's an, a very valid point. Is, um, and and I think this this happens with every with every NBA team or a, any fan 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 base is they kind of um, they get excited for for their players um, to do really really well. But I'm here to tell you that, or and I guess Noah would back me up. I hope I hope. But yeah, yeah, I got you. Sometimes we just... <laughs> nah, I'm not backing you up, dude. My my fucking I know Ty, you. you're probably gonna eat fucking eat my lunch. Uh, but no, but like it's just it's it's okay for for them just to be good, and it's okay for them just to be okay in the moment. Um, you know, right now Luke is looking looking like a solid player, like he should be getting NBA minutes, and we should just kind of leave it at that, like. <laughs> Like he's not the, he's not the second coming of of you know of of Christoph Porzingis or anything right now. He's he's got a long way to go to get to that point. And you know if we if we or if he puts himself in that position where he's like I got to reach this this expectation or else I'm gonna be a failure. You know that's not good. He just has to play his game and and kind of flesh out into into his own and and, and develop into his own player and you know be the first Luka Samanich instead of being 
you know, KD light or, you know, or Kristaps light. So with me, it's, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's KD right now. I'm not saying that at all. And I think, I think you guys can kind of back me up on that. I'm just really been highlighting. No, dude, no, dude. You, you screaming at the top of your lungs every single time we play Call of Duty. Lucas Amon is the best. All right, fuck you, buddy. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I love you. Oh no, but no, I know I understand that he's not KD right now. Or but the glimpses that he's shown with what skill sets that he has, especially what he showed in the G League and what he was showing defensively and even offensively at times in the NBA level, it's like you can't not be excited for this guy. It's and you're you just want to see him play some more because you know that he's going to keep delivering. He's he's shown it the past five games. And I would love to see him get, see him play within that rotation. I don't know he's going to do that just with how the rotation has been this season. And the rotation this season's already been pretty damn good in terms of the personnel you have out there. But I would love to see Luca get some minutes here and there occasionally, just to just to see him on the floor and give him some real NBA minutes like he's had the past five games. But I am hyping him because it's exciting. It's exciting to see this guy and see him play. And you just know that the capabilities that he has the potential that he has is going to be really good and you just want him to see you just want to see him get there yeah um yeah i mean i i think it's it's totally fine to be excited about luca what he's doing but i kind of more on board with what max saying like kind of enjoy it from game to game appreciate the growth that he's showing because i i've seen a lot of people and i'm not i'm not saying you in particular ty but just people in general you saying, are calling me out. oh you know, he, know he's the next uh he's the next porzingis or he could be dirk with uh, like more defensive impact, but I think that's super unfair Dude, that to him. Insane. First off, like Dirk is like that's a top it. 15, 20 player, 30 player in NBA history. Luca has played like four games. He's shooting like 45%, which is exactly league average. Um, and I, and I agree. He's shown some like intriguing glimpses here and there, but as somebody who, who like watches a ton of college tape, watches a ton of basketball tape and, and tries to really like pick apart the game. Um, you know, he hasn't shown anything to the point where I'm going, oh, this guy's putting together combination moves, or this guy has counter moves when somebody, you know, stops him on his first uh, driver. You know, he he has a pretty predictable game. He likes to shoot threes when he's open. He likes to go to the spin move when he's cut off, and he's gotten the ball stripped quite a bit. And he still kind of charges into people, um, and not, you know, is not necessarily the most controlled on drives. So I don't know if I would say, you know, this guy is super special offense. I think defensively we can say, yeah, this guy could be really special, but. Uh, in terms of the whole package, I'm not really there yet. You know, one of the things I, I, that for me is he's a career 32% shooter from three across all of his professional experience going back to FC Barcelona, including G League, including Spurs, including Olympia. And and that's that's pretty awful. I mean, he's going to have to get better. I know he's shooting 35% there or 40% there right now. But the same thing I said with Keldon last year where he was shooting 60% from three, small sample size. Let's give him time to, you know, come back to earth, regress to the mean, uh, and then we'll see where he is. Cause I think it's just like too early to say this do you, guy is, do you think with um, this three point, know, superstar. do you think with this three point percentage, it, it's been kind of low just because he, I would say between all the different levels, he's been shooting them between three, four different three point line links in terms of just of going from the Euro league dimensions to the NBA dimensions. And he's inconsistent, but he's still putting up shots. I think the shot motion itself is, really clean and I, I believe it once he starts clicking if he starts working with chip england even more i think he's going to get that shot going i think it just he needs some time to really get adjusted to the three-point line and he said this last season that 
And even even during the bubble this se- this season, whereas he's just trying to get adjusted to the game, to the speed, to the physicality. He's just he's still trying to get adjusted. And I for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he can he can get adjusted. He needs to get adjusted, but. Um, I, I think like a lot of people said, you know, that that's his like skill that he's a three point shooter. And I'm just, I just I don't really think that's the case, you know, 29 percent from the G League this season. And I understand you saying like the line has changed, but the only time it's gotten harder is when he got to the G League slash NBA. Like beforehand, it was always shorter. I think he's just not um, a consistent shooter. And I, I'd actually say his shots kind of flat. I think he probably does need to work with chip a little bit. Um, and it looks like he has because it's actually the arc on the shots got gotten a little bit better. But I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's an elite shooter. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's shown that yet. But I think it's something he can work on and that he should because I think that will maximize his potential. And I think everything that you said about like the offensive game that you think is a limitation, I think those are all those are all things that can be adjusted. Those are all things that he can improve upon. It's not it's not like some of these other guys where their physicality is like they're too small, they're undersized. I think Luca has the has the ability to where he just needs to learn the game and just improve. I think it's places where he can improve upon that can make him a better player. I mean, I think the 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 fact that because like like Noah said in the G League he was a below average three point shooter, but in the NBA right now he's currently shooting at forty percent. I think that also goes to the fact that he's not relied upon to be carrying like to be to be that sniper from you know from the deep so i think that's that's helped him you know his his shooting i mean he's not shooting as many threes and so he's and he's gotten better looks whereas in the g league you know they're sometimes double teaming him and you know they're they're being extremely physical and it's just making it harder for him to shoot so i mean all of that is in context with you know what's what the the stats show all right one more thing yeah about, for sure for sure one more thing about luca I gotta commend the rebounding ability. I, I was not. I, I was like, I don't remember him being this good of a rebounder, at least in terms of the effort that he puts on the floor, because he's just because he was at, he was averaging double doubles in the G League in terms of rebounding and scoring, and he was even putting some impressive, just at least the impressive energy. I'd say when he's out on the floor in the NBA, where he was always going, he was trying to box out as best he can, fighting for boards. Put, doing some some solid putbacks on both G League and NBA level, I think the the rebounding ability is going to be a little underrated, especially if he keeps up the energy and even if he muscle if he builds even more muscle. Yep. Um, so uh, two shots podcast said, let's talk about. So this is kind of a tr- good transition because I think these guys kind of do need some recognition. Uh, uh, Joe says, let's talk about how low key Kato. And I think I'm pronouncing that right. Bates Diop. But Keita Bates Diop has looked has looked lately. Lately, the kid has really impressed me. I think both him and Trey Lyles, in the absence of everybody with COVID, have looked pretty freaking awesome, man. I mean, I don't think anybody, everybody thought that KDB was going to be or KBD is going to be just just bench fodder and not provide anything or not be anything special. But I mean, he's looked really really good these past few games, and Trey Lyles. For all the shit that he's been taking from people, he's made the most of his minutes. Noah, what do you think about oh, K- KBD? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I can. I, I was waiting for you to jump in, but yeah. I nah. mean, um, KBD's a guy who I like. Um, I liked him in college. Um, I, I thought that the Denver Nuggets kind of gave up on him a little too quickly, and I was happy that um, you know he fell to the Spurs. I kind of also was of the mindset that he was probably going to be this guy who didn't get any playing time, but. 
he's done pretty well. I mean, like for the season, his percentages are bad, but like over the last couple of games, he's been great. I think it's like 50% from three, 50% from the field, a hundred percent from free throw. So that would, that'd be like the first 50, 50, 100 season in NBA history, <laughs> um, which would be crazy. But uh, yeah, he's been solid defensively good, uh, solid spot up shooter. I'm happy for him. You know, I don't know that he's going to stick around in the rotation, but it's nice to know that the Spurs have the depth. Like he got four steals on what either in the first or second game they played. It he I think he was definitely a pleasant surprise, especially for a time that the Spurs desperately needed some guys to really show up for them. And it wasn't like these. I think the only game that was a bad a bad game overall was that last Thunder game because the rest of the games were still close. This they sent the Nets to overtime with a depleted roster. The first Thunder game came down to the last shot. And they still got they got two wins out of it. Went two and three on the on the five game stretch, but to have the way that you had guys like KBD perform the way they did, that there was a reason that he didn't go zero and five that that run. It's because of the players like him. Yep. Yeah, him and him and Trey. Because I saw in the in the comments that somebody said Spurs Facebook wanted Trey to be cut a while back. First off, I don't really trust Spurs Facebook. Um, but, if you're but, trusting um, Spurs yeah, Facebook, I'm sorry. You, 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 we, we need to re-educate you on your basketball. If you're on uh, Spurs Facebook, you should just screenshot it and post it to Twitter so we can roast them. Yes. That's the best yo, thing yo, I, joined, I joined it the other day because I was oh, just no. like, yo, I, I wonder if there's content that's like worth looking. No, no. absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's like, and, and I mean this in the, like the nicest way possible, but it's literally like, the boomers of of like the basketball world it is the worst place on earth it's like basketball iq the collective basketball iq has got to be like 12. what's worse sorry if there's any boomers that are watching us right now it's not directed at you you're actually it really isn't engaging good first content not facebook what's what's worse how casual fans they are yes spurs facebook are very casual fans what's worse they're the ones they're the ones that go to the game and they have the free t-shirts and they don't put on the fucking t-shirts and they say like leave them there or like they, they fucking put them in the bag. Fucking hate those fans. Where the fuck is Yeah, where the shit. You gotta rock that shirt. You we're, have to. If it's on the if it's on the back of your chair, you have to put it on. We're, we're, you have to. You know what? We're going back to a staple at the line discussion and it's people wearing the fucking shirts. <laughs> this is Dude. a this is the OG conversation right here. I'm just telling you, if there's anybody out there, especially with these new family Fiesta shirts that are coming out, if there's anybody out there that does not want their family Fiesta shirt, their extra one, because R.C. Buford is giving everybody an extra one, you can give it to at the line. We'll take care of it. We'll take care we of it. Will, I, I will hang it up. Proudly, we will proudly wear that. Like, yeah, I don't care it, if it's an XL. I'll put it on. Exactly. I'll wear that, bitch. I'll wear that. Bitch. <laughs> so uh, I, got, I got plenty of room. I'll, I'll wear it. How old was the guy going to say? Uh, let me run through the Trey's stats in the past five games. 12, averaging just a little over 12 points on 51% shooting, 45% from three. Um, nearly seven rebounds a game, a steal, and a steal a game. So, other stats are below one. Below one. Yeah, he's, he's but, though. Shoot. Yeah, but he's been stuffing it up. I think he became, when I see, say, either the eighth or ninth different Spur player to be leading the team in scoring for a game this season. So... But he's been he's been really solid and he's been showing up trying to earn him himself some minutes. I mean, honestly, yeah, what do you I, think about this? If if the Spurs let or trade off Rudy, who do you think takes that spot? Do you think Trey Lyles takes that spot, or or has he deserved that? Who, who do you think is that next man up if if Rudy goes out? I think it should be Trey. I think it should be Trey, but I think it's going to be a competition to, between him and Luca. 
Yeah. But yeah, you? I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Uh, it's it's really wow. tough for Something me. Something we all agree upon. <laughs> no way. <laughs> as much as like I told uh, y'all that you know maybe Luca isn't like the next Porzingis. I still would love to see him out on the floor more than Luke or more than um than Trey. But um, Trey has earned it, right? He's been spectacular. He's been really good. He's a guy who who I think was drafted in the same draft as Dejounte, and he was drafted in the lottery. So it's not like he doesn't have talent, and he's I think he's starting to put it together. I mean, even last year, you know, in the bubble, he was kind of putting in, he, he was getting better. And then for somehow, some some way, it just like the season, he started off really slow. And it might be because of like the rotation and he just wasn't in it. But he hasn't, I, I don't, I mean, for me, like this is one thing about, about the fans is like he hasn't looked bad. Or, or I mean, okay, let me take, let me rephrase it. I, I rescind that con- comment. <laughs> he has, he hasn't. Like he hasn't been extremely detrimental to like the team, um, you know, because he hasn't gotten a lot of minutes and consistent. But there has been times where I think he's been better than than like people give him give give him credit for. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's true. I think like it's easy to forget about Trey because he didn't didn't play in the bubble he had that like appendectomy like emergency appendectomy the second they got there basically and so he didn't get to play and then he fell out of the rotation um but he's a talented guy i mean like i said he was drafted in the lottery clearly the talent was there he's putting it together um and and i'm actually really impressed with what i've seen when he puts it on the floor like he's had some really interesting angles not ones that i would think he would traditionally take to the basket and then he just finds a way to finish he's looking like a tight end He's looked like a tight end out there. Like he has that cut where, and I've noticed that same thing. He'll grab at the top of the key, and then when he's when they're doing the the pick and roll, he'll he'll like he looks like a defensive end going after a quarterback. Like it, he takes that cut really really hard. Yeah, like for sure. I'm I'm side. happy for him. <laughs> All right, so there's less than two minutes left in the game. Noah and I actually had to get a po- to a post press conference. So let's start wrapping it up. Let's talk. Let's really do, go really quickly. Second half of the season's going. Spurs are currently, I forgot what the numbers are. I'm a horrible horrible fan. Spurs are 18 and 14, four games above 500. Now they're going to have about 40 games packed it within the span of 2 months. Are you guys confident that they are going to they're going to are you going confident that they can make the playoffs or what are you do, what are you thinking about this team going into the second half of the season? I'll start with you, um, Noah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think from the beginning of the season, I said I thought that they were going to be a play-in range team. I think that still kind of applies. I think they were going to be a sure lock for the playoffs, at least as like a sixth or uh, or fifth or fifth seed, if if like COVID hadn't hit them. But now that there's 40 games in 68 days, 11 back-to-backs, I mean, that's brutal. I think they'll probably fall in that play-in game range, and, and maybe from there they make it because I think they're just too competitive to fall out of a playoff picture. Uh, but that that's just how I feel about it. Um, I think I actually, I actually think that they're gonna stay in the in in that lower, not the not seventh or eighth spot, but they could be floating around the four through the four through seven spot, just because the one thing that the Spurs have that I don't think very many other teams have, with the exception of a few, depth. They have insane depth to the point where, even if they do have a back to back, um, you know they're able to field lineups, uh, you know with with various. I mean, with with different people you know you have trey jones that's looked pretty good um playing some minutes and then you know you have with with the rise of trey lyles and kbd and luca 
you're able to rotate them in and out and not play them so much minutes like on that on the first leg of that back to back. So, you know, it, it, if anything right now this next these next two months are going to really test their their depth and if their their bench can come through like it has been, you know, throughout the throughout the season already, I think we we see them probably like in in the 5th or 6th spot like uh like T Lopez said for sure. And I I agree with you Mac words. And this is it's come to a point where it's beforehand on those back-to-backs, those were players you just couldn't really trust that weren't rotations that you had any experience with, and Pop was not going to throw them out. But now that he's seen what they can do and they can do put some positive stuff on the floor, I think Pop's going to be more comfortable playing those guys on those back-to-backs and utilize them whenever your other guys are tired. So I think that's I'm wholly, fully agreeing with you, Mac, on this depth is going to be a good test, and I think it's going to outbe- it's going to beat some teams in this league. But... I'm feeling confident. I think that they stay in the playoff picture. I'd say, if, say fifth through six, that fifth or sixth seed, maybe, maybe they can steal home court advantage in that first round. I can see. I think they can steal it, but it determines on if they can stay healthy throughout these 40 games, and if they can just keep, if they can fight through some of these back to backs. But overall, I'm feeling very confident in this team. This team has been a huge surprise for everyone in the league, Spurs fans around, and it's so much fun to watch these guys. But, all right, let's wrap it up. Uh, let's. Where can they find you guys on Twitter? Noah? Quick, before I wrap it up, huge shout-out to Quindary Weatherspoon. I knew that they lost, but 25 points is pretty solid. 11 of 15 or 11 of 14, that's that's pretty solid. I hope he gets some minutes uh, here and there. But, yeah, they can find me at N underscore Magaro. You can find me on YouTube at Noah Magaro George. Find my work at Pounding the Rock. Um, and then if you're listening to this podcast, you can find me here too. Mac, where can they find you and all your beautiful work? Uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, my name is right there on uh, the screen. You can find me at Mac Pena. Um, I, you know, I help out here, obviously, at, with that the line. So if you guys want to hit us up here, by all means, we all have access to it. And then I also do work for Project Spurs. Definitely come check them out. Um, Two Shots Podcast is a part of us uh, or helps us out, too. So definitely uh, Joe is a big, 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 big influence there. And he's, he's a really great help. And uh, thank you guys for for uh for joining us and, and having this conversation with us. Just a quick shout out, or just to clear up these comments. Um, T. Lopez, yeah, definitely. Pop is going to use some hockey lineups. We're going to see some really <laughs> crazy things going on <laughs> in the next few months. Um, and hopefully they do make the five or six seed. Um, hopefully they continue that playoff or start the playoff streak over again. And so that way we can see them, um, you know, playoff basketball is just different. It's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. You don't know what's going to happen any, you know, it's any given Sunday for, for these, for, for these teams. Um, and uh, so yeah, so go ahead, Ty, take it over. Follow me on Twitter at the Ty Yeager. That's the Ty Yeager. Make sure to check out the Twitch channel where you can find out all our live streams. That's gonna be Twitch.tv/slash the Ty Yeager. Uh, make sure to check out the Spurs Zone where you can find all my beautiful content as well as anything we're keeping up with all the Spurs rumors, trade deadline, everything like that. Awesome Spurs stuff that's gonna be wrapped up now. Check that out, Spurs Zone. Uh, make sure to check out all the lovely other podcasts that we're all big Spurs content family. Locked on Spurs, Two Shot Podcast, everyone that that supports us here at, at the line and everywhere else, make sure to go check them out. Guys, again, find us on Twitter at the Line Pine, uh, and that should be it. Any last words, guys, before we go? <laughs> Sorry, X, X, X. I'm assuming it's Christian, but I, I just got here. Sorry, man. Sorry, buddy. Bring it over. To you. We'll be we'll be able to talk to you on there. We, we gotta got, go. We'll we get got... back. <laughs> Luca. Train. All right. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>